Mm. Hello, 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 everyone. Yeah. Welcome to another edition of the Vols ATV podcast show, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're, you know, for the fans, by the fans here every Wednesday on live on Twitter and uh, YouTube live feed, also on Spotify, everything you need. Uh, obviously, a jam-packed episode here, you know, second of the year, the new year, 2023. A lot going on with the basketballs getting rolling in conference play. And the Vols had, a, you know, a crazy, crazy Monday in the recruiting in the transfer portal era. So a lot to unpack. First off, boys joined by, you know, Drew and Big Shot Rob today, Alex and Mo kind of sitting out. Not sitting out, just busy in the life uh, spectrum. But boys, how y'all doing today? What's going on? Yeah, man, uh, not too bad. It's been a crazy week. Uh, I mean, it's it's, unbel- it's hard to believe that college football is finally over. You know, yeah. it, it feels like every year, like each season just flies by, you know, flies by faster and faster every single mm-hmm. year. But, uh, yeah. man, I mean, we'll ha- definitely have a lot to talk about, recap the playoff, talk about, you know, some of the final rankings that Tennessee got as well from AP and Coaches Poll. But, uh, you know, coming off a big-time win last night against, you know, a very, in my opinion, a little bit of an underrated Vanderbilt team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to complain. <clears throat> Sorry about that. My son woke up. But, uh. Yeah, man, it's been a good week here. Been a little bit of a long week as well. It's only Wednesday, but other than that, all is good, man. Basketball's turning up last night. Um, <clears throat> football season's finally ended. Uh, I'm not going to say TCU didn't deserve to be there, but uh, they at least could have tried to do something, you know what I mean? I don't, I don't feel like they gave me any effort, honestly. But, um, yeah, other than that, all is great this way. I mean, it was kind of crazy just how it ended, I guess, to touch on it briefly before we hop into basketball and then football later. But just to see, like, the outcome, man, of, like, we were, we were blessed with a crazy semifinals, man, with Ohio State versus Georgia and Michigan versus TCU. And, like, I just want to know what it says about Michigan because I know Michigan was at home watching that game, probably, like, losing their minds from, you know, the touchdown they didn't have down there on the goal line and not being there playing Georgia instead. It was just crazy, man. A, a TCU team that overcame all the outcomes, you know, proved everyone wrong and finally actually didn't make it, you know, one out, earned their right to get there and then just kind of, you know, fell flat on their face. Georgia completing their dynasty uh, wasn't even close, man. I mean, it's just crazy to think that they've gone back to back. But all in all, man, I think I look back all last night. The thing that keeps playing in my mind is Josh Heupel and busting with the boys saying, I think you put the, uh, the best four SEC teams in there and you go play. I think that would have been a better outcome than what we saw last night because, you know, end off college football is supposed to be a crazy national championship. And what we saw last night, that was just kind of disgraceful for the, the college football playoff, in my opinion. I mean, that was that was the worst bowl game slash playoff game slash national national title game that I've I've ever watched. I mean, that game was over after five minutes into the first quarter. Like it was disgusting. And I mean, it was just like TCU, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Unbelievable season, incredible first year for Sonny Dykes. Give him props, uh, especially considering you know he took over. No, no, yes, it is. I mean, how he, he took I mean, no, over. no, no, it's a crazy what he did, but I'm not going to give Sonny Dykes props after he's today in the coach. No, I'm going to give him uh, first of all, let me let me finish the sentence here. I'm going to give the man props because he turned around a five and seven team and just took him to the national title. Now, Grant, that national title performance was absolutely embarrassing. And it's probably going to go down as the worst national title game in college football history. But Georgia this entire year was just a whole nother level. And I think, you know, I mean, I think it just speaks volumes like how good Georgia was this year. I mean, you know, like Michigan, they deserve to be in there, obviously. And, you know, TCU, you know, definitely have the argument. But, like, I mean, I hate it. I mean, I fucking hate Georgia. But they were in a whole other level this year. And. I think Tennessee could have given them another way better fight than TCU, but, I mean, dude, it, it was Georgia all along, all year I mean, long. This year was just weird in general, man, and, you know, Rob, you can chime in here, but, you know, no tailgating on the you know, the whole thing, no tailgating at SoFi. Obviously, Georgia was the more dominant team. It wasn't even close. Their rankings, when you look at, the, you know, the five-star and four-star compared to TCU's, was absolutely insane. And then to top it off, in between, you know, timeouts and at halftime, we had to deal with Nick Saban, too. All in all, as a Vols fan, everything that didn't go our way and then having to see a complete domination, um, something that, you know, just to end off the season, that was kind of just as even as a, a fan in general. And then to see, you know, Nick, the guy that was, you know, lobbying for his team all along, kind of there jollying around and all the comments, you know, being made there. It was just, you know, all in all crazy, man. I can't believe 
that college football is over now and, you know, we have to wait, you know, until the next year for it to happen until September. But just for it to go out like that, too, is just that. Sheesh. Man, look, <clears throat> all these coaches voting in this coaches poll, I don't really care about that, man. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the season's over with. Who gives a damn? I don't care what Nick Saban put us 25. I don't care if Jim Harbaugh put us 35. It doesn't matter, bro. At the end of the day, Tennessee went 11-2. and two. Tennessee blew their shot to be in the playoff to get a rematch to Georgia. You got mm -hmm. your ass beat by South Carolina, and it's unexcusable. It's it's literally inexcusable, man. So, honestly, me being honest, taking my, my orange glasses off, I don't blame these coaches for putting Tennessee where they put them. Because after that debacle against South Carolina, man, they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs at all. They blew it. You know what I mean? So, there's <laughs> some things you just can't excuse. But Nick, Nick Saban, you know, lobbying for his team to, you know, be in the – in the playoffs after beating Austin P in one of the last few games, like man, that's just be a really bro. good Austin P team, man. Yeah, bro, you know, but but it's Nick Saban. He runs college football. Everything he says goes. He gets Half what he wants, whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Ohio State <laughs> should have beat Georgia. For being honest, Ohio State was ready to. Ohio State, I played Georgia fifty nine minutes and fifty seven seconds in that I game. I agree, but they also blew an 18-point lead. It's hard to you know, say that a team deserved to win that game when you blew an 18-point lead, and especially a two-touchdown lead within the last 10 minutes of the game. Like, I mean, but TCU did the same thing. <sighs> yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? They did the same, the same thing against Michigan. You know what I mean? When it comes to the playoffs, I feel like no lead is safe. Until mm -hmm. the SEC team is playing another team, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the SEC team seems to be the only one who constantly just blows teams out of the water most of the times when it comes to these mismatch games outside of the SEC, man. And man, it's just dominant, dominant conference. I, I don't have conference loyalty though. I don't give a damn about Georgia. I wish Georgia would have lost 65 to seven. I don't care nothing about them. All this ooh yeah. conference loyalty, nah, bro. Ain't no conference loyalty to me. I never cheer for Georgia. I never cheer for Alabama. I don't care who it is. I'm not cheering for nobody else in the SEC. I do not care. I want them to lose every single time. Facts. No, that, that's a factual statement. Yeah, I don't ever like, especially in the postseason when it doesn't affect us. Like, I'm not. I'm definitely just not cheering. Georgia winning yes. is bad for us. Recruiting, they're just gonna keep on winning these recruiting battles every yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I'm glad you say that too, Rob, because I mean I've seen so many people on Monday before the game talking about, well, we need to support our conference because if the SEC, you know, an SEC team wins a national title, then we all get, you know, a chunk of that. And it's like, but it doesn't matter because I'm like, it just we're means that we're gonna have zero shot trying to get any recruits in the state of Georgia. And mm -hmm. even especially surrounding in Florida as well. Like Georgia being the new Alabama is like the worst case possible for us because we have to play them every single year. If it was Florida know, State, man. no, it really is. I mean, because like we try to get a lot, we try to recruit there. You can't recruit in Georgia if Georgia. If Georgia pushed for every single player on our roster that we have from Georgia, they would be at Georgia. The only I mean, reason like, Jalen Smith is not at Georgia is because they already had their linebackers. The only yeah. reason Squirrel White is not there is because Georgia got in so late. Davion only chose Tennessee over Georgia because he has deep ties to Tennessee. His so family's from here, his sister coming here. You know what I'm saying? That's the only reason we get these. I mean, that's just being real. The only reason we get recruits over Georgia is because Georgia don't want them. Yeah, I mean, Except definitely... Shamrob. Yeah. He's the only Georgia recruit in a while that has legitimately chose Tennessee over Georgia because he wanted to, not because Georgia didn't want him. Kirby Smart flew a freaking helicopter on his football field to come see him. Kirby wanted him, and he chose Tennessee. Other than that, man, we ain't got no chance with them players in Georgia, man. Come and on, that's man. Not, and that's not saying to discredit, like, any of, like, you know, the recruiting that Josh Heupel and the staff has done. They've done a great mm -hmm. job. Don't get me wrong. But this is, I mean, this is the worst-case scenario for us because when you go from one permanent rival of Alabama being dominant the last 15 years and then just gets transferred over to, you know, a divisional rival that we have to play every single season, we're always in recruiting battles against, it's awful. I mean, like, it, it puts us in a disadvantage. If it was, like, Ohio State or Clemson or, you know, or, I mean, hell, I mean, not that it would ever happen, but, like, you know, Texas or even USC, that would actually help us a lot, you know. In regards of recruiting, but the fact it just goes from one SEC power to another, it's just fucking frustrating as hell. That's true, but honestly, I, I want to see how long it does kind of last for Georgia. You know, now being without Stetson Bennett, 
I know Brock Bowers has another year left in him. That defense has proven that, you know, Kirby can, you know, fill an elite defense year after year. But, like, I know next year, like, their quarterback is going to be a brand-new quarterback. We haven't really seen anyone on their roster besides Stets in the last few years. They did get a, a crystal ball after the natty for Dylan Rayola, who's, like, a 2024 now. Yeah, reclassified from 25 to 24, like, the number one prospect in the country. Um, crazy, crazy recruit. So, if they land him, obviously, it looks like they're going to reload just, you know, based on paper. I mean, but I would like, I don't know, man. It's crazy what they've done the last two years. They're unbeatable. Their, co- their conference schedule and out of conference schedule next year is so favorable. And it doesn't look like they're going to be able to slow down next year. But like the year after that, like, I don't, I wonder how long it does kind of last. To say it's like another dynasty. I mean, you know, maybe it's just a period. I'm not, I'm not too sure the whole dynasty yet. But dude, they just won back to back national titles. There's only been like five other programs in the last 30 years that have been able to do that. Like, I mean, like they're they're top three recruiting every single year. They're always in the SEC championship title game. They're always in the playoff. They're guaranteed eleven wins next year. We're the only decent opponent that they face all yeah, of the season. And I mean, did even before I mean even before like Kirby Smart was there, Georgia could easily get a top five recruiting class because it's Georgia. I mean, it's a very favorable school to go to. As much as I mm-hmm. hate. Them. And now you got a guy that's just won back to back national titles. The coach has never done that before over there. Who's gonna stop them? I mean, think like, about it. Kirby got hired in what 2015, right? 2016. <clears throat> 2016. Okay. That's the first season. So since <clears throat> since Kirby has been there, they've had a top five class. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. So, so six years they have a top five class. The last six years. All right. That's Nick Saban's been at Alabama for 16 years. In those past 16 years, he's had a top five class every single year. So think about it. You got 16 years and you got six years on the other side. Two teams that we are chasing to be like and to be better than and to take over. It is going to take a long time to get to Georgia's level. It is going to take a long time to get to Alabama's level. Tennessee beat Alabama this year because it was in Tennessee. If that game was at Alabama, wouldn't have won that game. If if Georgia came to Neyland this year, Mike probably would have beat Georgia. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but Hooker going down against South Carolina, if they would have made it to the playoffs, I'm it's not sure. Was... I'm not sure. It was, <laughs> I'm not sure it would have been pretty. You know I don't what I mean? Know, man. So... We, we went crazy against Clemson. Like, let's not, you know. But look, and don't get me wrong. Like, that performance against Clemson, that was great. That was one of the best bowl performances I've seen from a Tennessee team in a long time. But we also got to forget, like, they were missing two All-Americans on, like, on defense as well. Like, they had quite a few opt-outs. A not- two-freshman quarterback making his first start. And we did, too. I mean, but – it's not necessarily the same Clemson team that was on paper, say, three weeks, you know, four weeks prior against South Carolina. I mean, yeah. we had to take into those factors. I'm just saying the only difference is, and this is like where I see the Alabama similarities with Georgia, and no one wants to admit it. So, you know, back in the mid-2000s when Urban Meyer won two national titles in three years in Florida, right? Like, people thought, oh, Florida, Florida's going to be the new dynasty. You know, Urban's got it going. Dude, there were a total train wreck as far as, like, players getting arrested, Zero discipline over there. I mean, Aaron Hernandez was murdering people. Oh, my God. You know? I mean, it was pretty, I mean, literally it was happening while over there. Dude, you don't hear any of that, Georgia. You don't. Like, that was like the butt-in joke like 10 years ago. It's like Georgia would have three or four guys arrested, you know, every offseason and, you know, play a guy after four or five games suspended mm-hmm. going in. You All don't right. do that anymore. It's These different. guys are getting paid, man. They don't have no reason to exactly. be out there doing dumb shit. If I'm getting paid $250,000 a year just to play football and do my job, you're not going to see me getting in trouble. Guys are taking it more serious, and they really want it. You know what I mean? Back then, I'm not going to say they didn't want it, but things weren't the same back then. they getting money now. Yeah. And the better they do, the more money they get. So they're more motivated. They don't have any reason to be outside in the streets doing dumb shit. You know what I mean? So... It's just a different game nowadays, man. We okay. So spent the first, you know, fifteen minutes of the show talking about Georgia and how they're the dynasty, and you know, I mean, yes, but it was more of a recap of the playoffs. But I mean, yeah, that, that's that, an that's exaggeration. True. That's true. I just, I just, that's just depressing. Um, I guess <laughs> to kind of close it out, man. Just all in all, I guess just because it's the end of college football, it's kind of crazy. Uh, Twelve weeks, it comes and goes quick. You know, thirteen for us, crazy. 11 and two, all in all, huge successful season. Um, now looking off into the off season, we talked about, you know, building teams, you got to bring in the players, you got to have all that. I guess mm-hmm. before we hop into basketball, let's go ahead and cover the portal news. Obviously the big news, um, 
Tennessee going three for three on Monday in the transfer portal. Wide receiver Dante Thornton from Oregon. Offensive tackle John Campbell from Miami. And uh, Omar Norman Lott, the defensive lineman from Arizona State. I, it, that kind of tricked me. But uh, Tennessee going three for three there. Obviously, three huge guys on their radar. Uh, Dante Thornton ranked number one on Tennessee's wide receiver board in the portal. Tennessee got their number one wide receiver target. Huge pool for Josh Heupel and Kelsey Pope, a guy that can go out there, play the slot and the outside. I think that's kind of huge. Um, you might see him kind of, you know, go 50-50 with Ramel Keaton and Squirrel White, kind of just rotating in and out of their, you know, roles. Going to always find a way on the field. I think Tennessee's super excited there, a huge piece there. Offensive tackle, John Campbell, a guy that was a five-year player for Miami, has two years of eligibility left, played in about 35 games. Uh, a huge veteran guy that Tennessee really can just go ahead and plug and play on the offensive line. And then Omar Norman Lott, a guy that shined at Arizona State, was a two-year starter there. And a guy that Rodney Garner, even last year in the transfer portal, went after super, super heavy. So to get him this year in this cycle, you know, convince him to, you know, go ahead and enter, come in. A guy that's super motivated, a guy that's probably going to be draft ready by the next year. A uh, huge pickup for the defensive line. Tennessee going more and more active, you know, kind of like going wishy-washy in the portal in the, to begin it. He, three huge pickups in one day doesn't sound like Tennessee's over yet. Obviously, there's been some departures. Walker Merrill, since last week, he entered. Uh, Jawan Mitchell was a big name that entered the transfer portal that uh, people were kind of shocked. And Not a big name at all. True, true. But I think you're, uh, <laughs> I think you're going to see more names probably enter here on the defense. But just all Good. in all, man, the the additions that Tennessee's kind of replacing and getting guys out. It's been a, a huge success, and to get to the stage and, you know, win more games, get to that final stage and make a push next season to kind of repeat what we did this year, you're going to have to have more and more success. Drew, Rob, Tennessee's three pickups, obviously Dante Thornton, John Campbell, Omar Norman Lott. How did y'all feel coming out of Monday for Tennessee? Yeah, I mean, I was I mean, I was expecting maybe two for three. I, you know, Pipe Dream was obviously three oh, for three. Was, so for them so. to get all three was huge. Um, I mean, you know, just adding more depth in those positions. I mean, I think Dante Thornton's a great, you know, a great pickup. Even though we do have a lot of talent already at wide receiver, just to have more of that experience in Power Five Conference to add in there and, you know, potentially be able to replace Jalen Hyatt and that starting, you know, in that starting lineup, I think it's going to help a lot. Um, and it'll be good competition for, you know, Ramil Keaton and Squirrel White as well. So I think it's just going to be a win-win for everyone. And, I mean, the John Campbell one's good. I mean, it's going to be hard to replace, you know, Darnell Wright. I mean, potentially probably a first-round draft pick, you know, this year. Easily the best offensive lineman that we had all season. and it Best offensive lineman in the country. Best oh, tackle yeah. in the country. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> But, you know, do you add a guy, you know, that has five years experience, played in the ACC, which, you know, much as, you know, we talk about how, you know, everyone else doesn't like the SEC. ACC still gets decent competition, you know. Um, just having that experience, I think it was definitely needed. I'm hoping maybe we can get one more guy in the offense, you know, in the offensive line. I, you know, you just can never go wrong with having too many guys um, on the O-line. Omar Norton, like Norman Lott, like – I was a little bit, you know, surprised about like like same with you know with John Campbell. Good to have that experience, but you know, with a lot of the guys that we do have coming in that we signed, you know, on the defensive line, I was kind of surprised we went after him. But you know, you can never. Oh man, that guy is a dog, bro. Oh, I believe it. No, I mean, I believe it. I mean, I, I know Rodney Gardner's, you know, went after him twice, not yeah, just one offseason, this offseason too, like last year and this year, he made sure to target him twice. So like, yeah, no, I mean. So, I mean, when Ronnie Garden's trying to get you twice, I mean, it definitely speaks volumes for him for sure. But I really hope we get someone in the secondary, dude. I mean, that's that's still been oh, my – that, that was going to be my hot my hot nug take of the, of the show. Got to. I mean, like I, like I said, <laughs> in three shows, if I see fucking Kamal Haddon like one more snap, I'm like, I'm going to lose it. Like, I will not – you won't that ass go. <laughs> He's go. <laughs> Don't even worry about it. That ass is leaving. That ass is leaving. Why you think Mitchell got in the portal? That ass gone too. The ones that have come and gone, I, I, I don't think you'll have to worry about that during the next week or two. Yeah, I don't think he'll be here either. I mean, he might go through spring, but I don't think he'll be here. Yeah, um, I think I think all in all, I think Kamal Hyden's just not gonna be here just based off what I'm hearing, but. Yeah, man, talk hey, too man, much, bro. You can't I, talk that much. One that goes, one comes. <laughs> Get shit off. So, Drew, uh, your whole 
Bro, you want a new DB? Be careful what you wish for. It might be coming soon. So it can't get worse. I mean, like that's the thing. Oh no, it's not gonna get worse. That's the thing. I'm just like you know. Now it's gonna it's gonna be a good day. I think Tennessee's gonna upgrade there. Here, tell you what to do, Drew. Click your heels together three times and say, "Please bring a corner. Please bring a corner. Please bring a corner." (laughs) Yeah, you have one. Keep your eyes open. Uh, I think my personal opinion. I think lot was the best pickup out of all three simply because Dante Thornton, he's not coming in to do anything that square white can't do. Run a go route, catch the ball, score the ball. That, that, that That's essentially what he's coming in for. You know what I mean? Brew McCoy, uh, 100% the best wide receiver on the team, not as Cedric Tillman's leaving. And, and Jalen Hyde, at least physicality-wise, he's more, you know, of a physical bruiser. What he did in the bowl game, lowering that shoulder, hey, that, that turned hey, me up man. right there, man. That turned that was me a up. Whistle from Joe too. Yeah, yeah, that turned me up. But um, but yeah, man, Squirrel White, he can play slide, he can play outside. Dante Thornton, but I think Squirrel got his his spot locked in. Um, and I, I but I do think Romero Keaton will be the one that'll be pushed. But Romero Keaton made some noise the other night too, so that that was pretty dope. But I think the defensive line needed it because don't get me wrong, the secondary was bad. Secondary was very bad, but at the same time, if a quarterback has five, six, seven, eight seconds to throw the football, eventually someone's going to get open. You can't cover someone for that long. Mm-hmm. We just need D linemen. We need pass rushers. So I'll take any and every pass rusher we can get. That's how I look at it. Not saying he's going to come in and be a world changer or anything, but the D line was much improved this year, but the D line still wasn't what, you know, it normally is. Think about it. If you go back and watch that Georgia-Ohio State game, the reason why Georgia could not wrap it up with Ohio State is because they could not get to – what's his name? Uh, what's, what's, yeah, C.J. Stroud. They couldn't get to him. They couldn't simply because that O-line for Ohio State was blocking their asses off, and they couldn't get to the quarterback. So that's another weakness that that's, – yeah. that's a weakness that Ohio State exposed on Georgia. If you block on the O-line, you have a chance in that secondary. That defense is – it looks really, really good on paper, but if that D-line ain't going, Georgia's defense ain't going, and Ohio State proved that. You got to win in the trenches, man. You win in the trenches, you got a chance to win any football game. No, I definitely think that's crazy. But all in all, my biggest thing of the recruits, man, I know you had those big three, but behind the scenes right now, what our collective Spire Sports and the Vol Club is doing, hands down, is, you know, been one of one. Like, they've, you know, last week we ended the show, Drew, talking about Jalen Wright and the rumors, you know, from the tweet and everything. The next day, the Vol Club, you know, announces the NIL event series deal with Jalen Wright. Over the last week, they've announced, I think, over for like 12 athletes on the football mm-hmm. team in the roster, including guys like Joshua Josephs, James Pierce, and a younger guy, Aaron Beasley. Guys all on the edge, Caleb Herring, taking care of the team, getting them locked in. Uh, to have those come out, all in all, I think that's the big wins in the recruiting because not only in this day and age do you go to the portal, but you got to keep your guys and your best guys from going to the portal. And let's just be honest, now that it's over, like let's not act like you know Jalen Wright wasn't getting offers to go back home for you know however much money. It was definitely there, and you have to go out there and match that. And you know Jalen Wright's going to be a huge part of this offense, a guy that I feel like Tennessee couldn't lose, especially after – the running backs, uh, Marshawn Lloyd came in to USC out in California, Southern Cal, and kind of, you know, declining his Tennessee visit. So I think Tennessee keeping that roster there, not causing concern, taking care of their guys and their young guys that they've recruited the last, you know, one to two years. That's a huge mm. success all in all from itself. As big Man. as the transfer portal gets our If we can hang on to the damn football, it wouldn't even been a question. Mm-hmm. And that's just uh, me being honest, man. Like, Jalen Wright is really, really good, bro. He's our leading rusher, you know, <clears throat> all that, man. Like, if you are the leading rusher on a football team, you average more, you know, yards per carry, all this and all that, bro. Like, uh, why wouldn't you be starting? Hmm, let me think about it. Maybe because I can't hold on to the football. So if we're being honest, it was on him that he was finna go to the transfer port. It had nothing to do with Spire. No, no. Hold on to the football. Sure. But That's how I look at it. It's crazy. <clears throat> Jabari Small was playing with the torn labrum all last year, man. His yeah, shoulder all was season. And yeah. messed up. Yeah. I mean, I, it's like I told you that. Like my personal opinion, out of all those, out of all the running backs that we have, I still think Dylan Sampson's the best running back that we have. I mean, personally, Did he play the. I didn't even see him in the Orange Bowl, but I was kind of impaired as well. So, 
Um, I think he had like about two or three carries, but it was like majority Jabari though. Maybe in the late, yeah. yeah. So I mean, Jabari, you know, doing all that, man, he's gonna come back a hundred percent. I know it was either like thinking about which one was gonna go. Tennessee keeps both of the you know top two running backs. Dylan Sampson is obviously obviously gonna progress. Got mm-hmm. a bigger back in Khalifa Keith. I'm not sure that you know Tennessee's done at running back if a bigger and better name you know enters. You know Tennessee's gonna see what it has now going after spring ball. I still don't think they're done before spring ball. Like we said, and you kind of handed at the DB room. I think Tennessee adds one there. Uh, look out for another collab on the on the Voskis page. I'm going three for three. I went I had Dante and Omar. This one, you know, kind of a surprise. Uh, Tennessee going to get some help there, man. I think people should be excited about that pickup. But all in all, to rebuild this team, go out there and get your guys, be able to plug and play after what you proved on the field. Like you're seeing more guys that have production prior elsewhere that are really interested in coming to Tennessee. And I think that's going to be our best way of kind of repeating as we have young guys. So let's be honest, Josh Heupel has two classes in here. He really needs, you know, another two years of his own recruiting. Mm-hmm. If he can keep plugging and playing in the in the transfer portal and get production out of there at a certain positions like that, man, I think I think that's going to be best. But he definitely understands that the defense right now. I think it's going to be defensive heavy just because of what we saw this year. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean, and I don't think we have to worry about anything about offensively at all. You know, as long as you're oh, no. here. But man, they really got to emphasize, especially at the 2024 class too. Uh, on you know defensively, I mean, we just got to. That's, I mean, that's like the one missing piece, honestly. If we can figure it out, you know, to have a consistent defense that allows around 30 points or less a game, you know, and not have a quarterback for over 400 yards, this team, I mean, this team can win it all. They really can. I mean, they yeah. were close. There was I one game God, of playoffs this year. The, the biggest thing on my radar after this past week that I learned was when the announcement of Spencer Rattler came back, I was so happy that he's going to have to come to Neyland and – and pay like South, like I, I, I really hope, man. Like, that's the one game this next year that I just want personally. I'm going to be there. I want it to be kneeling at night, just straight ass whooping, bro. It would be beautiful. That's so. part of looking at it. Too, I hope so, too. But defense has to show me, show me otherwise. So, oh, yeah, man. I think, I think all in all, you know, offensively, maybe Tennessee looks for another tight end there. Obviously, still looking for a tight end coach. Um, they have been offered tight ends with no tight end coach. Are they? The, 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 wink, wink. Uh, obviously, Joey Hosel was announced the um, offensive coordinator and QB coach over the weekend. Huge, huge pickup for the Vols. I think a good, good uh, promotion. A guy has proven himself time and time again, 15 years with Hypo going back to OU. His offensive numbers speak for themselves. The quarterback play has been absolutely crazy. I thought that was a, a great way to kind of keep going and reloading. Guy, you know, Hypo can go out there and trust, and we'll eventually learn the play calling, even though we'll know Hypo's going to call the plays regardless. Um, Tennessee, you know, going to find their tight end coach, going to try to find a tight end in the portal. I, I heard they're going really defensive line heavy. Rodney Garner's kind of going and getting his guys. Might not be a guy to like guys that had production every year in and year out, but guys, you know, have flashes, big body guys that are going to come in and fill playing roles. And I think the, you know, the worst thing that can happen is you get a guy. That's, you know, a spot on the roster and a depth piece that can come in and give you five to ten snaps, like a Caleb Tremblay a few years ago that we got from USC. And just kind of keep going out there and reload that and be able to rotate on the defensive line. Kind of says what they think about that unit, but for them to, you know, kind of plug and play at the other positions but go D-line heavy, kind of says what their main goal is here. Trenches, man. SEC games are one in the trenches, bro. Mm-hmm. One in the trenches. Georgia proved that. So. Mm-hmm. All in all, hey, man, look at us, though. Recruiting's good. Oh. Collective's good. Uh, we could be like Florida losing Jaden Rashada. Yes. Like, I mean, let's look <laughs> around in the SEC in the offseason. You got all these other collectives. A&M's on fire. I don't know what the hell they got going on. A&M is not on fire. They had a bad season, but they're not on fire. A&M, like, I think they'll bounce back next year. There's just too much talent. A&M will definitely come back and win not probably nine Reed. games next year. No, no, I also no, think A&M sure. beats Alabama at home. I do. That wouldn't surprise me at all. A&M should have beat Tennessee this year. I don't know what that dumbass play call was by Jimbo, but A&M should have beat 
Alabama this year with yeah. the worst oh, team yeah, in uh, probably Texas A&M history. History. You know that what I mean? Was stupid, man. They're gonna be good, man. They're, they're, I think the play out on the goal line like an idiot. They'll be fine, but uh, Florida is going to be absolutely terrible next year. If Rashada leaves Florida Dude. and they don't have a quarterback next He's season, leaving. He already asked he's already to be left. released. No, he already asked his, to be released. His, his dad reported to 24-7. On three, put out that report. His dad reported to 24-7 Sports that he, has, he hasn't asked for his release from Florida. But, but there's an ongoing dispute that he's probably going to get released when it's all said and done. And it's the thing is – it's not because his coach before that left. It's not like Pruitt three years ago when Cody Brown and Jamarian Gooch and everyone else has got up and left because they didn't want to trust Tennessee and Josh Heupel and they missed out. This now they're not playing anywhere. Been... Yeah, exactly. That's true. That's true. Very, very true. But this is a guy that's apparently been lied to and is like flipped from Miami on signing day. And he's still not signed. Like he's still not enrolled into school as Look. Tennessee has their. their oh, he's signed. He just ain't enrolled. He's got to be enrolled in school by Friday. Like, Friday is the deadline over there for him to be enrolled next semester. He's not enrolling. You know why? Good, finna go back to high school. <laughs> because they promised him a shit ton of money for his NIL. And none of, donors, none of the donors want to give any money because they can't stand Billy Napier. Like, that's why he's cool. not going to Florida, dude. Like, they why can't ha- you stand the cool Tennessee native? They have no NIL. They have no structure over there. They're a complete dumpster fire. I Bro, mean, Florida's they, down bad. They hired a president that literally is like this is a brute ball of the family. I remember when they hired him, it was just absolutely crazy. I saw they had not even last week, they hired a new NIL like director leader or something. Like this just last week I saw a post about that. Yeah. And here they are, like in shambles. Can't even it's insane. Look, I'm telling you right now, it would not surprise me one bit if Florida fires Billy Napier in the middle of the season. I'm Sun telling du- Sunbelt Billy, man. It's just crazy. Like they are they're an absolute disaster. I mean, complete dumpster fire. And it's it's incredible. I mean, they're more of a dumpster fire than Kentucky basketball, which is like hard to believe. Oh my god. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just tough, man. I, I honestly think, man, I, I truly think that Billy Napier, you know, he he realized and he really just stepped on the first, you know, SEC job available, but I don't think he really realized how bad Florida was down bad because I truly don't think that Billy Napier is a terrible coach, but I don't think that he was as ready for the SEC as he thought he was, especially as, you know, Florida's deep down in the waters, man, no pun intended as a swamp. But, like, bro, they are they, – it's just yucky down there. It is – it's getting bad. They had a great class. Don't get me wrong. They closed pretty well. For as much as Florida missed out on in this class from Kamarni McLean, all in all, from every single five-star DB, they were, you know, in their top two. And to kind of, you know, still finish out at the top of the chain, not a, you know, a crazy class. But then you lose your five-star quarterback, man, because you can't, you know, get the check there before like, you can't even cross the finish line and at least pay him to enroll before, like, you start fucking up. Like, you just lose him before. Like, that is all-time Florida, bro. That's just crazy. And if it comes out that he does go somewhere else, does he go back to Miami? Does he go out to Oregon? Does he go to one of those other schools? That, that's just, I think Billy Napier does. Don't think they flip some this big is, time quarterback. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they got Nova sad, but let's be honest, man. Jaden shot is him. He, he really is him. Look, no, Miko I mean, Iamaliava is him. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jaden Rashadis, uh, he's still a really good quarterback. He's still a five star quarterback. He ain't got shit on Nico. Exactly. Miami so signed care. like the number 32 ranked pro style quarterback after Jaden left. I, I truly think that there's like room for him to go down there. The thing about Florida is they put themselves in such a shamble. They released their their one-time in-state quarterback commit because he was on Snapchat singing a rap song, and he said, you know what, in the, in the song. And he, he didn't have the pass to say the word that he said. So he got released from his uh his commitment. And then Florida loses Rashad or is about to lose Rashad. It's just, it's just crazy, man. Like, Rob, how? It's, it's Florida, man. Look, man. I do not blame any of these boosters, okay? If I was a billionaire, don't get me wrong. If I was a billionaire, obviously I got my degree from Tennessee, whatever the case may be. Don't get me wrong. I would be a little bit hesitant to be donating millions of dollars to a player that ain't taking a snap either. With that being said, I understand I appreciate it. I'm glad these donors are paying Nico eight, nine million dollars, you know, because guess what? It ain't coming out of my pocket. You feel me? 
Yeah, so so yeah. I ain't gonna complain. You feel me? But if I was making billions, millions, whatever the case may be, and I'm donating millions of dollars to a player who ain't doing a damn thing, I'm gonna feel salty about it. So I don't blame him for being hesitant. Think about it. Walter Nolan got ain't no telling how much money he got to go to A and M. What do you do moved, this year? His family, his whole family moved from Memphis to Knoxville to Texas, bro. Like they they out here. And what did he do? Not a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? You got all the five star players that are in the transfer portal right now. They can't find nowhere because all they want is money. You know what I mean? Like, look at Eric Gilbert. Eric Gilbert is probably the most talented player that hit the portal this 2022-2023 season. Probably the most talented player to hit the portal. And ain't going nowhere, man. Ain't going nowhere, all because he's a culture problem. And these coaches don't want to deal with players that have culture issues. A lot of people are like, oh, why are Tennessee missing on these targets in the transfer portal? Why Tennessee missing? Tennessee is not playing when it comes to culture. If you do not fit the culture of the Tennessee program, you you will not be at Tennessee, and Tennessee will pass on you. So some of these JUCO players and these transfers that Tennessee has passed on, it is because – Culture-wise, the staff felt like they didn't fit. Tennessee is now in a position to where they can pass on players and choose culture over talent. They can do that now. And look, I mean, in most cases of people that guys are in the portal that extremely talented, four, five-star former high school recruits, the majority of the reason why they're in the portal is because they were forced into the portal because they don't, as Rob said, they don't fit the culture. The only thing Cases is like guys like Jared Verse, where they come from an FBS school oh, and they are way talented to play in FCS football and get to, you know, go over to Power Five. But mm-hmm. most of the time, like if you have a guy that like is leaving Auburn or you know, leaving yeah. Ohio State or leaving Michigan and like you know, they were this four or five star recruit, but they didn't really play, there's another element as to why you know they're not like they're not at that program anymore. Mm-hmm. And, necessarily a good time we we learned that the hard way last this year with Kamal Haddon as an example like we thought we were getting steel because he was a defensive back from Auburn we're like oh well you know he's from the SEC it, Asked. he was a former Juco he was a dog in Juco like yeah he had a few good plays obviously the I mean who cares like Juco might as well be high school football dude like hey yeah the only the only good thing we've got from Juco is Desmond Williams I think Desmond Williams a dog every turn I ain't gonna lie I mean but he need to get on offense because like, like he said, can't man, play there's, defense. There's guys I guess. saw all season the, the whole beating on the chest, the whole overly thing, the whole misplaced thing, and like the the overly extraness, and it doesn't come with anything positive in return. Like Tennessee's gonna you know go out there and try to find something better, and if it makes guys that are there hop in, so be it. But Tennessee's gonna go out there and get a guy that they know they can be confident in, and it's gonna be a guy that's you no know, proven that he can do it before. And Tennessee's getting production if it's on offense or defense, and I think definitely yeah, that's a that's a position to. See Tennessee definitely look out for in the next couple of weeks, wink, mm-hmm. wink, but not even weeks, maybe week, wink, wink. But uh, yeah. definitely would be a huge pickup. Definitely, I think does need help there. We saw it all season long. The help is on the way, as Tyreek Hill said. Uh, Tennessee is going to continue in the portal. Wouldn't be surprised if more guys left. The more people that leave, the more action Tennessee's probably going to see. Just with the the roster limitations that might be left over, that really aren't left over, as long as you follow the eighty five man rule. Um, mm-hmm. Still to this day, waiting for our our, our sanctions to be, which I think we'll probably get within the next month or two. But like we I, should, man. I think people as well like they shouldn't really worry too much about Jawan Mitchell, you know, entering the portal no. because no. I mean, honestly, it seemed like every, every two or three months it was like a you know situation as like why is he suspended? Is he going to be back on the team? You know, why is he not playing? Exactly. And like it always felt like there was something. You think like, about it, Buddy was suspended the, the rest, first man. two quarters of the bowl game. He was suspended <laughs> the first two games of the season. Do I know why? Yes, am I going to share? No, but think about it, man. Like. He's just always in trouble. Jeremy Banks, prime example. Jeremy Banks wasn't in the South Carolina game. Why do you think? You know what went down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Jeremy Banks only 63 points good, but Jeremy Banks is, you know, well, he, he was good Ryan enough. Ryan G. Marie is a freaking linebacker coach. Yeah, so but thing, man, at the end of the day, Jawan Mitchell leaving and and Jeremy Banks leaving is, 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 is best for – is best for Tennessee defense and for I the think, linebacker. I think room. his replacement's already here in Keenan Pilly. I mm-hmm. think Aaron B. There's no think. Yeah, well, it's, he, it's I, factual. I, he, 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 yeah, 100%. He is. 
But uh, Keenan Pilly, obviously there. Aaron Beasley proved in the orange ball that he's going to be a linebacker one. Arian Carter is a guy that you know you can watch out for. The Tennessee secured laid over Alabama. Huge in-state guy there. Elijah Herring has a second year under yep. him. We have linebackers coming in and Jalen Smith and Jeremiah T. Lander. Caleb Perry is going to get involved. There's there's a lot of bright spots on defense, but obviously with as much young guys as you're trying to put confidence into, you want to have these guys coming in like Keenan Pilly, who's you know been a defensive leader, like someone blank blank, Rob, who's coming in that has had that experience somewhere <laughs> else. I think if they come in and you have that defensive, you know, defensive leadership, Omar Norman Lott, Omari Thomas on the defensive line, uh, you know, guys that are on offense, like it's going to be all in all. I think the veteranship and the, the leadership that has to be there for, you know, to be successful. Yeah. And I mean, and I, and you know, I think Hypo has learned, especially this last off season as well, that like, you know, that he's just only, as Rob said, only focused on guys that are going to be able to fit in the culture. I mean, a perfect hundred percent like and who was there for a lunch and then you know got kicked off the team three hours later. So, you know, just because you got all these accolades being a four star running back or you know that you had, you know, several touchdowns at, you know, a former top ten school doesn't necessarily translate that you're gonna be doing the same thing at another program as well. So just think about it like this, man, when it comes to the transfer portal. Here's the easiest way to explain it. When it comes to transfer portal, if you're really, really good at a really, really good school and you're in the transfer portal, chances are you're the problem. And I'm just saying, now you will have some some instances like, you know, Jordan Addison, who got offered $3 million to go to USC, whoever the number was. You know, I don't know if that's factual or not. But that's what was floating around. You will have you, you will occasionally have a really, really good player who will want to go to a better team and try to win more new quarterback, whatever the case may be. You know, so every once in a blue moon, yes, but – more than likely, you, you you're not gonna catch those those kind of players in the portal, man. You're just not. You're just not. I I think okay. Hot take 2023 Tennessee. They've already you know picked up. This is their five transfers in coming out. Obviously, some on the way out. Some more gonna be on the way in. So the five transfers that we have now in the undisclosed transfer that you know, I think you know we're gonna definitely 100 land. Uh, there, there's just no way, man. I think we go out there. This this. The schedule next year, it's not favorable. Like, we have a, a long run haul, a really good UTSA team in the mix of, like, some tough games. But I really do think that, like, 9-3, and 10-2, repeating that is definitely on the table. Ten, I think that Tennessee is going to be able to go out there and bring like, these guys and just play chess with people. 9-3 and three should be the bare minimum. 10-2 should be the expectation. Like, I understand UTSA, you know, has been a top 25 team the last couple of years. But, like, there is no quarterback's re- thirty and he's coming back. But dude, there's no reason for us to not win that game by three touchdowns. Okay, and there's also no reason for us to not beat Virginia by three touchdowns. And there's oh, also- Virginia, it's 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 gonna be like TCU, George. I can tell you that right now, oh, Virginia no. is ass. I was gonna say something really, really bad, but I'm not gonna say that. And and there's no reason for us to not beat UConn as well by at least three or four touchdowns too. Even though they are much improved under Jim Moore, I'll give them that. But like. Our schedule is still relatively fav- favorable. I mean, it could be a lot. Alabama more. got a lot to figure out when it comes it, to quarterback. It could Ty be- Simpson and Brian Denny. Joe we- Milton, Ty Simpson. But think about it. Ty Simpson didn't even beat about Milro or whatever. Milro can't even throw the football. You know what Ty I'm saying? So why he had the chance. Ty messed up. Ty's dad no. messed up. They both got a beaten foot. No, no disrespect to Ty Simpson at all. No but disrespect. But I think – he was a little bit overrated. I do. He, played, he was in. You know, he was in a two A conference, three A conference, whatever it was. He was in a weak conference, man. They only bumped him to the five star because when Jeremy Pruitt got fired, they knew he wasn't coming to Tennessee. They knew he was going to Alabama. Any player that Nick Saban and and Kirby Smart gets, if they tell those writers, yeah, this guy's a four star, yeah, this guy's a five star, they're gonna bump him up to that. What do you What do you think these people get these rankings from? They don't create these rankings themselves they ask the coaches hey coach what do you think about this guy arian carter prime example he was a three-star when alabama offered him what happened immediately went to a four-star georgia offered him a a top 15 linebacker in the country soon as alabama and georgia offered him there you go there you go hey never forget man pete gold was sitting sitting outside Smyrna high school on commitment day crying tears a long road back to tuscaloosa i just bro all in all, man, I think it's just gonna have to come down to production. Yeah, but I mean, like, go, like back to like Rob's point though, like that's why you can't really take 
count like all these stars that these guys hey, have in high school. I mean, Harrison, Harrison Bailey's a five star quarterback, and he was horrible. I mean, that motherfucker. Was, I'm sorry, he was a bomb. <laughs> he wasn't no five star. That guy was. He was throwing to Eric Gilbert. Of course, he looked good. <laughs> Yeah, I was blessed in Marietta, Georgia. Like, let's Come be honest, on, man. If I was in Marietta, Georgia, and I was playing, if high I was school, throwing to Avery Gilbert, I would have looked good too. Man, think what? about it. Brian Maurer oh, no. could have went to Ohio State over Tennessee and chose Tennessee. Why? Because JP dropped that bag, and look at him. <laughs> that mofo is at SFA because he doesn't let that Not- credit card in the strip club. But okay. Um, all in all, man, what do you Tennessee mean by that? transfer portal, I think it's you know great, man. I think it's it's, it's it's definitely a difference between what we were just speaking on five seconds ago and the culture they're trying to build through the portal now. Uh, obviously, you go out there and try to you know get everyone you want, take every single guy that's going to commit. But Tennessee's being smart, taking a process, and it's looking out for them, man. They're number one defensive line target, number one wide receiver target, and they got a guy that's been a five-year vet. At the offensive line, I think all in all, you continue to plug in these pieces of your losses, guys that you uh, figure out in spring, what you kind of need as Tennessee goes in and there. Uh, it's the day and age where, you know, guys, it's not going to be your your new favorite player is going to be a guy that's, you know, kind of build his way up. It's going to be a guy that comes in and probably produces through the portal. And there's going to mm-hmm. be a lot of guys that come in and weren't, you know, Tennessee balls for their first few years that become VFL. So I'm super excited for next year, see the run we kind of go on. Uh, got a lot, you know, as much as that's going well, Tennessee having a historic SEC season in football right now in basketball, the basketball is basketball is undefeated in SEC play three and uh, Ole Miss, Mississippi state, South Carolina, and now Vanderbilt, uh, huge, huge wins last night down, taking a, taking down the Vandy boys in Knoxville. Drew was in attendance with low live in action. It wasn't the beat down that we've gave, you know, South Carolina, Mississippi state, but it was still kind of a beat down. Tennessee playing great offense. I thought the, the shooting was kind of well. All in all, Drew, what was your kind of first takeaway from on the scene? Yeah, I mean, it was I mean, it was a really rough first half to watch. And I think one of the reasons why is just because I think honestly, I think our guys just thought they could just show up and just just win this game out. I mean, because they really lacked, they didn't really have that intensity on defense that they usually do and weren't really that creative on offense as well. And I'll be honest with you, like Vanderbilt's not that bad. I know like their record says otherwise, but like Man, that white center that they have, Liam Roberts, dude, that guy—he yeah, was play. going stupid. Man, that bro. boy's dude, a dog. That dude, boy was punishing Tennessee. That, <laughs> he was the best guy on the court. I mean, yeah, uh, he's yeah. a baller. I mean, he really was. He had, he had eighteen points, four of nine from shooting, ten from twelve from the from the free throw line. I yeah. mean, he's also played like ten years though, so That's he's kind of like Hendon Hooker. <laughs> he's been in college for a minute, you know what I'm saying? No, nah, but I mean, you know, he causes problems, but I mean, I thought the second half performance and response was impressive. Mm. I mean, Julian Phillips is just getting better every single game, especially in conference play, which is exciting to see. Uh, I'm really excited to see him play Saturday. I think this Kentucky matchup is really favorable to him. South Carolina? Uh, I'm telling y'all, man. Can, can, I, we, just, can, I, can I, we confirm? I know we're still on Vanderbilt. Can we, can we confirm that Kentucky's ass? Like, no, we no? cannot confirm that. Uh, no. We so, can't. So I he, told y'all last night, bro. I told y'all last night. Okay. Y'all thought I was crazy. Kentucky is going to bring it Saturday, it. bro. Like, Kentucky is going to bring it. You crazy as hell if you think Tennessee is about to. But you crazy, crazy if Rick Barnes didn't see what he just saw against Vanderbilt and isn't going to clean up against Kentucky. You not hearing me, bro. You not hearing me. Kentucky John damn near Calipari might win this game Saturday. Texas I'm telling right you, bro. Now, bro. Listen to me, bro. Kentucky is about to play their best game of the season Saturday. Saturday. I'm not saying they're gonna win, but I'm telling you, don't think Kentucky finna come in the in the Knox Vegas and 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 lay down. They're not gonna lay down, bro. It's, it's not just not gonna it. happen. It's not. I agree, fraud. Like I don't think this is gonna be a game. Like, we're gonna not crazy. I don't think we're, this is a game that we're gonna win by 20 or 30 points. Now, don't get me wrong. I watched that Kentucky South Carolina game last night. That was awful. And mm-hmm. South Carolina mm-hmm. almost completely blew that lead. I mean, Absolutely. points two minutes. Kentucky like, almost blew their lead against LSU the other but, day too. But the thing is, dude, they still have to Sheway. All right, they're still a team full of five stars, and we're—I mean, you know, no one—you know, no one wants to say it. I know their fan base doesn't want to say it. We're their biggest game of the year. We are. We're their biggest apparently, game. Of the apparently, year. Case and Wallace will be back too. And I'm telling you, like, I think I think Rick Barnes is going to clean things up defensively for us. But my problem is, though, and this is the one thing that I've been saying all year, is that we are so inconsistent on offense. 
we'll have games out there like how we did last Saturday against South Carolina where we're making everything and playing on fire. And then we have moments like last night where in that first half we couldn't get anything going. I mean, there were so many possessions where the guy had just chucked the ball up hoping that we would make contact with the rim to, you know, reset the shot clock. I mean, like – and Kentucky's not good defensively, but, man, they still got Tashibwe, and Tashibwe's – in my opinion, the so, best center in America. You know, we just got punished by a, a big ass white boy last night who exactly. ain't better than Sheboy. So, no. I think I, I think it's gonna go two ways. It's gonna be either one a nail biter in Knoxville, or two, it's gonna be Tennessee with the home court advantage going down to the post early, getting Sheboy up out of there, getting him in foul trouble early. Tennessee going on their runs. If Escovia and Zakai can shoot, Triple J is gonna be involved. If Julian Phillips, I said, you know, on last week's show. It was going to be an SEC game. I've seen it in my dreams. I've seen it everywhere. Julian Phillips is going to break out. If we think, you know, 15 and 6 was, you know, crazy against Vanderbilt, which is a really good performance, I truly think the best is yet to come for him. I truly think before the end of the season, he's going to have something kind of crazy like that. If it comes against Kentucky, I don't know, but it would, you know, be much needed. I think the down low game is going to be a great game for him to kind of prove himself after this game against Vanderbilt. If he can bounce back with two games in a row against Kentucky, that's going to be you know, guarding him really well. Just all in all, man, this game, it was it was kind of wild. Cam Wall still not missing the shot until he went two for seven. He was like two for two at first, then goes was, two for seven. He was back to his old roots. I mean, like, yeah. like that you knew that like he was gonna have an off night. And like, don't look, like he is he has fixed his, you know, fixed his fadeaway shot tremendously. I mean, it's actually really frustrating as hell, especially watching live that like Within, he can't take a contested two feet, you know, shot, you know, and be physical, but he'll drain, you know, an eight, 10 foot fadeaway every single time. It's, it's actually really remarkable. I haven't really seen a center do that almost ever. Um, but dude, Klopsich played great last night. Like, yeah, yeah double true. digits, 11 and six. Um, one, dude, the one thing for me, though, that my biggest takeaway was that. Man, we were clutch on the free throw line. I mean, going 14 for 15, that was, I mean, especially with those last two minutes where we kind of blew the lead a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, going from about a 15, 16 point lead, you know, to making it an eight game. You don't, if you don't make 14 out of 15 of your free throws in that game last night, hit them all. Julian Phillips, one of your best free throw shooter, hits the front end of a one on one. Yeah. Can't He's, have that, man. Yeah. I mean, everyone misses, but can't have that. <clears throat> That was clutch from them, but man, I mean, they got to be. I mean, they got to continue that because I really think, like, if we are shooting 65 70 percent from the free throw line on Saturday, it's gonna hey, man. Hey, but man. I will say, I know Jordan Tennessee remember that ass whooping they got last year at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. They remember, they remember the triple J, Viscovi, Euros, Zakai, all, all they remember, bro. This game is personal for them. I know a lot of those guys aren't from Tennessee, but. Like and that's why Kentucky is struggling. It's kind of like Alabama, how they struggled this year. South no Carolina one... was personal, not just because of the football game, but because a lot of guys on my roster is from South Carolina. And then also uh, Kentucky. I mean, this is Kentucky, man. We know when we go to Kentucky, when they when you go to Rub or they come here, oh, well, man, man. it's going to be rough. It's going to be sold out. 11 a.m. Yeah, tip, man, that's kind of crazy, right? 11 a.m. or it's noon? noon it's tip? noon over there, which is still it's 11 a.m. here. Early so. game, but, man, it – it beats a 9 p.m. tip off on Tuesday. That was cool. I was lit, bro. I got my stocking done. I got all my work done. Then I turned on the game. I was I was loving it. All in all, the only bad outcome of yesterday was the fact that I lost a $20 bet because I predicted Tennessee to cover the spread. I was like, not even cover the spread. I said we win by 10 or more. And heaven forbid we, we won by I, nine. That's why you don't we bet. That's why you just don't bet the balls, dude. You don't bro, ever I would. The only reason I did it, I was hot at work, bro. I, I've won like four bets back to back. I won a couple games of rock, paper, scissors. I, I was on fire, bro. So I had to. So all in all, but hopefully my luck, you know, that I don't have transition to the Vols this Saturday. There's no reason I think after we've seen the performance from Kentucky the last few weeks, the trajectory Tennessee's had in the SEC play. I know this conference is scary good. We play, you know, beat Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt, you know, played Missouri really well, a really good Missouri team. Mm-hmm. We didn't, you know, just – beat a really bad Vanderbilt team. Like, they're a really competent team. South Carolina, we, you know, smoked them, and they went out there and beat the Wildcats. I think, you know, we're going to have to come ready to play. You can't sleep in SEC conference play. That's been proven so far, you know, all around the conference. But I definitely think on paper and what we've seen so far, Tennessee, if they play their best basketball, if they play what we saw the last, you know, 
two to three games, they should go out there and handle this Kentucky team. There's, there's just no reason. Kentucky fans are checking out. A lot of them are questioning their program. Rupp I left half- my wife. This Rupp. is what I get. Rupp was halfway <laughs> empty yesterday. Guys decided to go back to the coal mine instead of watch Kentucky basketball against South Carolina, Drew. What right. it, like They went back down in that coal mine and said, forget, like, they're checking out mm-hmm. on Calipari. The reports yeah. are coming out with him flirting with Texas. I think I think Kentucky needs this win. Calipari needs this oh, win. Man. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be the barn burner when they come out here and Rick Barnes bends Calipari back over, smacks him. Says, "Who's your daddy?" This is, I mean, this is a must-win situation for Kentucky. Honestly, if they're gonna have any shot of making even the tournament, this year. Yeah, I mean, we're going nit. Uh, I don't know if they go NIT. Shibway turned down a top five draft pick for this. Oh no! I mean, imagine if he had left; they'd really look bad. They, they, <laughs> they haven't gone. They, ha- they don't have a tournament win the last five years, four years. But dude, the thing is, though, like, the, like I'm just saying, like we do not need to be overly confident about this game on Saturday. Don't get me wrong; I'm excited to be I'm there. So it's gonna be, it's gonna I'm be rocking, especially with. You know, especially Chris Lofton retiring his you know number and everything, it will be a great. That's what gives me hope. Them retiring Chris Lofton's jersey, but Rob, you're supposed to you're you're the Chris Barnes guy, or not the Chris Barnes guy. Oh my god, the Rick Barnes guy. But I'm being real with you, bro. I'm being real with you. Kentucky is pissed. Okay, they just lost to Tennessee and lost two for one for two. Chris Lofton is getting his jersey retired Saturday. You think they don't want to spoil that? You think they ain't going to come out there with their hair on fire? Come on, man. They got all the ammo in the world to come in the Knox and win this game. I'm not saying they're going to. I'm just saying. They ain't going to this game thinking that they're going to lay down because they lost to damn South Carolina. You can get that out your head. That's I dead. truly don't think there's, don't two, think there's two ways this game is going on Saturday, right? Because she always, has already been calling out his teammates, saying, like, you know, that we need to be playing guys that have fire. You know, if that means I'm gonna play a walk on, <laughs> like you know, put them out there. Down bad. Edwards to Kentucky. It's gonna go two ways. They're either gonna come out red hot, and we're gonna have to find answers quick offensively, mm-hmm. be able to catch up, or B, it is gonna be, it's gonna be a 35 point win. I mean, like we're gonna like, smoke them, man. There's no in between. I like I'm I'm kind of like Rob. I think it's gonna be like a single point, you know, single digit game. I think it's gonna be you know down to the final seconds, but. That's that's how either way it's going to go. Like it's not going to be mm-hmm. an ugly grind out win. It's either they're going to come red hot and they're going to give us everything they can, or we're winning this game by at least 25, 30 points. Yeah, I agree. I do. I'm going to get out of y'all's hair, man. My son won't be quiet. But <laughs> hey, I love y'all. I see y'all next time. Yes, sir. PBO. Yes, yes, yes. Thanks for the invite, man. I'm always appreciate. I'm sorry I had a bounce a little earlier. My son needs to take his <laughs> ass to bed. Daddy, baby. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I gotta, I gotta turn the demo, man. But yeah, I appreciate y'all again, right, yeah. man. I get at y'all later. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Drew, um, Tennessee basketball, man, impressive start. Obviously, after you know the season's kind of started off, lost to Colorado, lost to Arizona. Arizona, you know, had its own thing in general. Let's just not talk about that tonight. I want to wipe that away. I Conference mean, play, they started out on fire. A huge turnaround, really positive turnaround. Everything we kind of wanted to get fixed that we we're kind of worried about getting proven there the offensive spark that we knew we needed was there the first two games it was kind of questionable last night but i think it's going to be there when it comes to saturday in kentucky i truly think that maybe hey they're not used to playing nine o'clock tips like you said and you know that you know we're just you know expecting a win to go in there and get it done kentucky they know it's personal i know rick barnes is chewing them out i know that we're going to be better prepared but i do understand that kentucky is going to be on fire i just think that tennessee is on paper the better team and Triple J is back. This team has leadership. It has confidence. It has swagger. And they're kind of just getting started. No, I mean, I agree with that, too. But, like, we got to find some consistency on offense. Like, my biggest thing from, like, last night as well <clears throat> that, you know, I think Triple J wound up having, I think, eight points, if I'm not mistaken, seven or eight points. But, dude, he's, he's struggling again with, like, shooting those corner threes. And you remember yeah. last year where the second half of the season from, like, February to March, he was locked down. He was, he was on fire. Was He's insane. going back to like, I mean, he looks like how he was like at the beginning of last year, which is just like he can't hit anything. Um, I, think I, think that'll, I think that will improve over time. I do, but 
Man, I mean, Saturday's going to be tougher than we expect. I mean, and it doesn't necessarily help either that it's an early tip-off. So that's I think that's the best-case scenario. That's the best-case scenario that the leadership comes out early from Triple J. He goes out there, has some dominance, has some swagger, gets physical, proves that, you know, he can play healthy, that, you know, the medicine is working. Maybe mm-hmm. go out there, put a, put a wildcat on the poster, send him back to the coal mine. I think the someone that's on the roster that understands it most with the fire – if it's not Zakai Ziegler from his past with Kentucky, it's going to be Triple J. And, you know, the bickering back and forth and him having to take that L last year and not going 2-0 and and not completing the process of the teams before him. I think it's going to be personal for him. I think he has a lot to prove to himself and being healthy. And if it comes in TBA on Saturday with the early tip, that so helps it. To have the Scoby and I think it was Julian Phillips with 15 apiece, mm-hmm. Zakai and Triple J with a quiet 7-8. and eight. That worked against Vanderbilt, but the early starts, I think we're going to have to have more guys, you know, getting more points in the double-digit figures. Whenever Tennessee has, you know, three or four guys in double digits, that's when I kind of feel more comfortable. That's what I kind of saw in the first two SEC games. I want to see more guys being able to score. That can come from, you know, Tyree Key, Julian Phillips, guys like that, so be it. But that's going to be the the success that comes from winning. Because our defense, yeah, if South Carolina didn't score a point in the second half, we still would have won that game. But I think Kentucky and his team's more approach and figure us out that you're going to have to go out there and put some offense, like you said. It's the, the biggest concern is the offense. I mean, and Kentucky's much more talented than South Carolina is. And I know they lost some last night. But, like, from a roster perspective, Kentucky's probably one of the most – probably top two, top three most talented team it's in the conference. It's disturbing how bad they are this year for how good they it, should be. It really is unbelievable. But still, Who is South Carolina's head coach? I don't even know who they co- – I don't know either. I'll be honest with you. We we played them. I watched them last night. I'm still not sure who their head coach is. But um, regardless, though, I mean, Saturday is going to be a good game. We cannot – I mean, we got to expect them to give out – give their complete all this game. I mean, and we got to make some shots early. Like, if we, if we start getting these scoring droughts, kind of like how we did near the end of the first half, um, and let Kentucky hang around, it's going to be tough, dude. It's going to be tough to get that win. But – I'm excited. Um, before we finish up, though, you got to hear the stat that I found the other day regarding regarding Tennessee athletics, right? So Monday, on Monday, this was the first time since Christmas Day in 1967 okay. that basketball has been the top five of the AP poll, while Tennessee football was in the top ten of the AP poll. Thank you about before- that. If, if we didn't get screwed out of the top five, how crazy would that stat be? It would be the first time ever where we had two teams in the top five at one point. Yeah. No, I mean, like. What the fuck, man? Like, dude, fuck we, you, Sonny Dykes, Butch Jones, David Doran. Yeah. Um, they're, they're still. They're, I have a whole list. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano, um, David Doran, Nick Saban. I. The only guy I can think is Kirby Smart. I can't believe I'm thinking Kirby Smart, but Kirby Smart actually put Tennessee five and Alabama six. Like, he, he knew. But regardless, though, we've, you know, as, as fans, after what we've had to endure the last 10, 15, arguably even 20 years, really, we're now, the golden, we're now in the golden era of Tennessee athletics. We really are. I mean, we had a football team that just won 11 games, won the Orange Bowl convincingly, a top five basketball team, a preseason number two baseball team, which probably we're just getting started there. We're going to the in Omaha. Honestly. Uh yeah. I mean, this is like what we've all dreamed for. So like let's soak it up. Let's enjoy it. Portal's gonna be even better, you know, within the next couple weeks as well. Hopefully the Vols can get a win uh on Saturday. And man, we got baseball in a month. So yeah, for sure. Vol is winning in the portal, about to lose a DB, about to gain a DB. All is well. Josh Heupel building his roster, going to reload. Baseball looking hot. Tony Vitello and the boys getting ready out there. All the transfers that came in from last year are going to be big there as well. And then the basketballs, big game against the Wildcats. Really excited for that one. Score prediction for me, Drew. I'm thinking Tennessee goes all out. I'm thinking Tennessee 77, Kentucky 58. I'd be pretty happy if a 19-point win. I'm going to go with – 7167 Tennessee. 7167 a four point. Yeah. Eh, 
I mean, that's, that's acceptable. It's a win's a win. I'll take a W no matter what. I just think, I don't know, man. I think the defense is going to show up for real. I think Rick Barnes is going to get them locked in. If they keep Kentucky under 70 points, I think we'll be more than fine. It's just – I think they'll keep them under 60. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I think that – I mean, the the stats show it, bro. The numbers show it, what he's done against defense. I know it's Kentucky's better than when the, the teams we've done it to all year, but, I mean, it's, it's statistically proven, number one, like, Ken Palm doesn't lie. Uh, the date, you know, we we allowed Besides against Mississippi State. We allowed nearly seventy points against Vanderbilt on Tuesday. We allowed over seventy five against Colorado. Like, and the thing is, man, is that this Kentucky team is much talented than both of those teams as well. Like, I think we're going to win. I think it's going to be a whole lot closer than people think. I think it's going to be a whole lot closer than we want. But regardless. Vols will still be 5-0 and after Saturday conference play, and we'll probably be at least number five, if not number four, in the AP poll next Monday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All in all, even though the Vols got snubbed, a huge closing out for the finish of college football. Can't believe that. So, but we're blessed with successful athletics all around. We're not a one-dimensional program like Georgia. So the Vols out here, we got, we got stuff to look forward to. Tony Vitello, Rick Barnes uh, out here, you know, putting guys on notice, ready to go into conference play ready for everything to get started. Look out for, you know, Vols transfer portal action next week, some more additions, probably next week we'll be talking on the show and hopefully talking about a Kentucky victory. And who do we play after Kentucky? Um, I have it right here. I'm done. Uh, playing LSU, traveling the Baton Rouge on yeah. the 24th. Or no, actually we play Mississippi State again. Yeah, it's Mississippi State starts well, and then we play in Baton Rouge as well. So two, two road games before we come back home and play Georgia. Going to be a tough stretch for the Vols because right after that, they got to play a probably motivated Texas team who just lost their head coach. So going to be kind of interesting to see what happens with the basketballs. A lot to unpack. Hopefully next week we got the full crew. Um, a lot to look forward to, man. I think everything, all in all, usually you just kind of move on to the next sport. But I think for the show, it's going to be so much jam-packed news with how successful everything's going. And we're just kind of having like a dimension for every show. So hopefully oh, yeah. next week we can get, a, get back to the uh, – regular programming alex still owes us a date with the blow-up doll that's in you know in the works didn't happen in miami due to budget cuts out there but we had to make we had to make ways to work man we were, we were down bad so we're gonna try to get that done and then just kind of look out for everything man about to have some fun in 2023 and make some more content hopefully next week have the balls with a dub drew any final comments before we, we close it out here no nah, man it's just uh it's Sad a little bit. The college football is finally over, and now we got to wait, you know, another seven, eight long months until it's back again. Um, but I think it's going to be an exciting off season. I think we're going to get a lot of key additions. I think the team's only going to get better, and who knows? Maybe twenty twenty three will even be better than twenty twenty two. Hey man, it's looking kind of crazy. Obviously, the the talent you're bringing in, I think we're going to be able to see, especially offensively. They look promising to be able to be plugged and played in on the offense. I think Tennessee's confidence they can go out there and revamp the defense, get rid of bad pieces and bring in new pieces, which we're seeing, you know, the last week or two. And I think all in all, man, is this going to – I think everything's on the table for that. I think Tennessee has all the chances to go out there and kind of build itself in this new day and age of college football. Um, all in all, Tennessee's collective, inspired, and everyone else has been on top of this. So to see all the leadership there, man, it's going to be fun to cover. But – Hopefully we pull out this, you know, huge basketball win. We own the state of Kentucky, send them back to the coal mines. It's going to be a, a fun one. I know me and Drew, we look forward to that every year. So let's go out here and get this W. Hopefully next week we have a full-time show. And until next time, tune in on Spotify and everywhere else. Good night and the go balls. Go balls.